0: folks love the music of the Messiah, and Dr. Will Phillips was no exception. One of his patients had given him a tape of the Messiah, and it got played over his sound system at least once a day, accompanied by Dr. Will's out-of-tune humming. But as Dr. Will walked into the waiting room of his office on this particular Monday morning, he was carrying a very heavy burden, and certainly didn't feel like humming anything. Suddenly, his heart seemed to stop beating. Because seated on one of his sofas in his office was Mary Snyder, 82 years old and without a doubt the godliest person Dr. Will had ever known. A smile crept across his face as he watched Mary reenact a scene he had observed many times before. Her open Bible was on her lap and she was gently squeezing the hand of a troubled young mother Who just happened to be sitting beside her? With a captivating sparkle in her eye, she had just asked the question Do you believe in Christmas? Since it was the middle of the summer, this question might have seemed a little out of place. But Mary had asked hundreds of people this very same question, and somehow it seemed quite natural coming from her. She found it to be the perfect icebreaker to be talking about her Lord. Suddenly, the knot in Dr. Will's stomach jerked his thoughts back to the lab report he had received on Friday. He had faced this unpleasant task many times before, but none had grieved him like the encounter that awaited him this morning. After taking as long as he could with the first three patients, Dr. Will finally ran out of excuses to procrastinate any longer.
1: gave us playing over the sound system. Man, Sage, child, I know why playing over the sound system, but can't you hear the angels singing along? Well, probably not as well as you can. Ten Thousand Hallelujahs, written by Merry Christmas. Who's Merry Christmas? Why, that's my new handle. Handle? You know, my pen name. Any author worth his uh, salt has to have a pen name, especially when he's starting out. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, it sure seems to fit. to a budding young author. Merry
0: Christmas.
1: Well, take a gander at this new pamphlet. They printed it for me as the copy place across the street last month and I've given away so many I'm almost ready for the second printing.
2: Ten thousand hallelujahs. Mary, I wish I had happier
1: Take care of it right away,
2: Mary. Mary, I need to talk to you. Will?
1: You look troubled. Didn't Jesus tell us to be anxious for nothing?
2: Mary, listen for just a moment. I need to.
1: I'm afraid you're spending too much time working and not enough time praying.
2: Please, Mary, I need to tell you. No. Mary, which one of us is the doctor here?
1: Oh, my fault. I'm sorry.
2: Forgive me, Mary. I didn't mean to be so unkind. It's just I've got some news, some bad news to talk to you about. Six months, I'd say. Yes, about six months. best if you just try to take it easy for a change.
1: Are you kidding me, son? Uh, First of all, I'd like to come and talk with you at least uh, twice a week. Yes, at least
2: twice a week. Mary, remember, I am the doctor here. Let's see. I'd like to see you, oh, twice a week. How'd you know that? I do need to tell you, you're probably going to experience a good deal of pain. Yes, I'm afraid so. Oh, well,
1: I haven't been a pain already.
2: I thought maybe you did, Mary.
1: But it's nothing compared to the pain that you've for me, and it's caused me to trust you so much more. I'll be
2: praying for you.
0: The following week, Mary came to the doctor's office for her two checkups, as expected. But she came about an hour early so she could be sure to talk to somebody about her favorite topic, Christmas. By the second week, Bev noticed that Mary was appearing every morning, whether she had an appointment or not. Mary would bring her big black purse stuffed with New Testaments, tapes of the Messiah, an apple, and a sandwich, and she'd just spend the day. So on through Thanksgiving, Mary spent her days in Dr. Will's waiting room talking to everyone about Christmas. And scarcely a a day went by that someone didn't discover the real meaning of Christmas. The Monday after Thanksgiving, Bev noticed that Mary wasn't at her usual post in the middle of the sofa on the west wall. Bev tried to reach her at home several times, but got no answer. Finally, about 2.30 that afternoon,
1: she all right? I see. Just a moment, please. Dr. Phillips, line two. Dr. Phillips, line two, please.
2: I've got it, Bill. Will, Will, are you there? Mary, we've been trying to get in touch with you all morning. What's happened to you? Just let me talk to the lady at the desk for a minute, Matt. If it's not too much trouble, Leo, I think it's
1: not good to give me
2: a room or two bed. I'm sure that can be arranged. Uh would you please just let me And
1: you just tell her mate that we can hear the Christmas story.
2: If you'll let me talk to her, I'll be glad. Now don't you worry about a thing. I'll take care of everything. Now how are you feeling, Mary?
0: moral Hospital, had never experienced anything quite like Merry Christmas. Handel's Messiah played constantly on her little tape player. Nearly every week, a new patient would be moved into room 824, and nearly always they left rejoicing, having experienced the true meaning of Christmas. When things would get a little slow on the floor, the nurses would all gravitate towards Mary's room. That is all of them but one. Phyllis Cross, the head nurse on the evening shift, kept her distance from the woman she called the religious nut in 824. Phyllis had been head nurse in a military unit for 11 years, head nurse in an emergency room for 16 years, and had been through three marriages. She never smiled or cried, and the icy look in her eyes seemed to broadcast that she was proud of it. It was Monday night in mid-December when Mary took a turn for the worse. An infection set in and her temperature skyrocketed. Round-the-clock care was ordered, and being two nurses short, Phyllis Cross herself had to help out in room 824. Mary was in great pain and nearly delirious from the fever. The whole situation was more than Phyllis could bear. Here was a dying old woman praying for her. Phyllis had expected Mary to toss out her Christmas question, but it never came. It was as if Mary sensed the time wasn't right. As Christmas drew closer, it was obvious that something miraculous was happening on the eighth floor, as the beautiful melodies of Handel's Messiah drifted up and down the halls, a steady stream of visitors flowed in and out of Mary's room. Many of them reminisced about that day on the couch in Dr. Will's waiting room. Since Mary's arrival in the hospital, most of the staff on the eighth floor had started getting each other by saying, Merry Christmas. And it wasn't just because of the season. Four of Phyllis's nurses They referred to as their spiritual mother. And Phyllis had watched patient after patient, assigned to the second bed in Mary's room, leave the hospital, joyfully transformed. There was something contagious about the joy of this frail little woman in eight twenty four. It was the joy of Christmas. Phyllis went into work as usual on the evening of December 24th. All through the night, she tried not to think about Mary, but by the time her shift ended, she could contain herself no longer. She found herself strangely drawn to room 824. As she walked in, streams of sunlight flooded Mary's room, heightening the beauty of all the flowers and the plants but the brightest light was in Mary's eyes. Oh, the pain was still there, but the fragrance of victory made the pain seem almost insignificant. For the first time in years, tears were rolling down Phyllis's cheeks. After Phyllis gently hugged the frail little woman who was now her spiritual mother, she joyfully ran from room 824 a new person. For the first time in her life, she could really celebrate Christmas. Later that, late that evening, when Phyllis returned for the night shift, the rest of the staff could not believe their eyes. She practically skipped out of the elevator, carrying two huge poinsettias and greeted everyone with an exuberant Merry Christmas. Her smile was so big that the other nurses hardly recognized her. Phyllis headed straight for room 824. As she walked in, she heard the Messiah playing softly on Mary's tape player. Seeing that Mary was asleep, she quietly put the poinsettias on the tray beside her bed. As usual, there was an open Bible in Mary's lap and a beautiful smile on her face. Phyllis reached down and took Mary's hand and squeezed it. Only then did she realize that Mary was home at last, home for Christmas. Phyllis looked down and started to speak to Mary's lifeless body. But at that moment, the hallelujah chorus began to play on Mary's little tape player. Suddenly Phyllis looked straight up and called out at the top of her voice,
3: Us all to stand, if you would please. What a tremendous thought! What a wonderful story! And a wonderful story, of course. What it's all about is knowing. There may be somebody that'd like to know the Lord that they have talked about tonight, and we would want to give you an opportunity for you to come. And if you do not know the Lord, on this stand, just get up out of your seat and come. He is a wonderful Lord. He came, as we talked about this morning, to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's sing just one stanza, and we do we wouldn't want to close this service without giving you an opportunity to come to the Lord. If you want to come, need to come, just get up out of your seat and come. As we sing, kneel right here, someone will meet you and help you from the Word of God.
4: Just as I am
5: Without
3: one Need to come One How many of you are saved? Would you raise your hand? Are you glad you're saved tonight? Say amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give everyone a good hand. Thank you so much. That's great. I'm going to hand this mic back here to Myrna before she tears everything up up here.
6: Um, I'm a computer illiterate, (laughs) but I did type the program for tonight. And I gave it to my daughter, who is not computer illiterate. And she says, Mother, I can put it in bulletin form for you. And she did just that. But she eliminated, somehow deleted the cast. So I want to introduce those folks to you tonight. Playing Phyllis, the mean woman, is Debbie Smith. <laughs> and next to her, the little wrinkled up old prune. Is Pat Lawler, isn't she sweet? And playing Bev, the good nurse, is uh, Lisa Bennett. And Robert Wiley was our doctor, and I think he's going back to college now and consider being a doctor.
3: Once again, let's give them all. Myrna, for every one of you, thank you so much. You did a great job. I want our ushers to come forward to receive her offering, and real quickly we'll receive our evening offering. And uh, we got a reason to celebrate. We've been praying so long for Debbie Smith to get saved, and we ought to give tonight. Oh, we're glad she got saved. <laughs> uh, Mitch has said I, she's a hard woman to live with. Pray for her to get saved. Let's pray, and uh, you give tonight, and then I'll say just a word in closing. Father, we thank you again for the wonderful truth that has been communicated tonight by the cast, by the choir, the children. And we thank you so much for Christmas and what it means that you loved us enough that you would give your son. Father, we also want to thank you tonight for those who shared the gospel with us and for those who loved you enough to give their life to you, to tell the wonderful story. And everyone of us in this room tonight, Lord, not only have you to be thankful to you for what you've done, but also for those who loved us enough to want to be a witness for you and share their faith, so we thank you for that. Bless our giving now in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.